We encounter toxins every day living in today's world. From air and water pollution to pesticides and the like, one quickly realizes that in order to stay in tip-top health, we must make detoxing a daily practice. The trouble is that it can be hard to find an efficient, gentle, and affordable product that can do just that. Unless you know about Shilajit. Shilajit is a natural resin that melts easily into hot substances, turning any cup of coffee, tea, or even hot water into a naturally healing and detoxing drink. If you're interested in helping your body cleanse, heal, and renew on a cellular level, head to naturalshilajit.com. That's N-A-T-U-R-A-L-S-H-I-L-A-J-I-T dot com and use my code MACG, that's M-A-C-G, to save 10% on your order today. Move beyond surviving and start thriving with natural Shilajit. Welcome to my human design experiment. Hello. Hello and welcome. Welcome to Mystical Mac. You know, I'm not going to lie at the beginning of this. I don't know if it's going to be just a YouTube video or if it's going to be just a podcast episode. But then again, if it's a podcast episode, it ends up on the YouTube. So hey, welcome to Mystical Mac content. Whatever this ends up being. Because I love to podcast, this might end up like a podcast. We'll see. Who knows? It honestly depends on how long it is. This is all I'm looking at. (laughs) To decide if it's going to go solely on the YouTube or solely on the podcast. That then goes to the YouTube. I'm confusing myself. Hi. Welcome. Hello. It's been a while. Which would explain the anxiety I've got going on right now. Can you tell? Well, I guess it's kind of fitting because what I'm talking about today, if you haven't already figured out, is Squid Game, which is very anxiety-inducing. Oh, so anxiety-inducing. And yes, I know, everybody under the sun has already talked about it. It's been out since September, and I am late to the party, you know? Who gives a fuck? Because I have thoughts, and I have notes. So let's get into it. Okay, but of course, um, if you're new here, welcome. I'm Mac Guerrero, Mystical Mac. I'm on this journey of embodying Mystical Mac, which is, you know, the person I always was and meant to be on the inside. Um, And I'm just kind of just uncovering all the shit, all the conditioning, all the things um, that take away from that. So this is what this Embodying Mystical Mac journey is all about. You can find me at Embodying Mystical Mac on Instagram. You can subscribe to my YouTube here. Click the bell. Um, If you're finding me on the podcast platform, subscribe to my podcast for more content. I have an astrology episode that comes out every month that we talk about the new moon, the season we're in, what might be happening. So if we're one of those people that likes to keep up with all that, but you can't keep up with all of it at once, check out my once a month episode with Adirius Lee. He's an amazing tarot card reader, astrologer, witch. Oops, am I supposed to say that? Mm, Whatever. They tried to burn us down, okay? We just keep coming back. Don't know what to tell you. (laughs) But yes, check it all out. I'm so glad you're here. And let's talk about Squid Game. Because it's been living rent-free in my mind. 
okay? It's been surviving. You know, it's been thriving in my mind. You know how many videos I've watched by various people on YouTube? You know how many people I found <laughs> that are YouTubers? That I, I found them because all the people that I normally watch commentary um, and reviews from, I've, I, I went through all of those. I went through all of them. They've all already talked about Squid Game. And I just, YouTube has like, here, this person sucked about it. You don't know them, but they're talking about Squid Game. So I'm like, sure, whatever. Next one, next one. I've discovered some really cool people. It's great. I also love the fact, um, a little aside here, that Netflix's like top performing show is a South Korean show. Um, I mean, I know that South Korea has been like really killing it when it comes to film and TV, especially globally, they've been really killing it. Like it's just, good everyone just seems to really like the stuff coming out of there um but that's just so cool that's like I never thought that I would live you know when Netflix came out I didn't even think about like oh what if the highest performing show on Netflix was international not just that what if it was like what if it was from an Asiatic country (laughs) like that's really cool I really appreciate that um With that said, if you haven't seen Squid Game, this is my spoiler warning right here. We're about to spoil the whole ish for you. So, if you don't want to know until you know, go find out. And then come back. Yeah. Have y'all left yet? Oof. Good. Good. I'm very weird with spoilers, like... Lately, I've never done this before, but lately, I've actually, like, been spoiling certain shows that I thought about watching, but I'm not sure about on purpose. And it makes me more intrigued about, like, how it all actually plays out. Um, but with that said, like, a show like this with, with so many different reveals and stuff, I actually didn't intend on watching Squid Game. And then I clicked on one video. And after that one video that did spoil a couple things, I was like... Okay, maybe I gotta watch this show. And then after I watched the show, I watched all the videos and I've been watching all the videos and now I'm making my own video. So if you haven't been living under a rock, you know what Squid Game is and hopefully all of you here do have seen it. Let's get into it, okay? Squid Game um, is, and this is assuming some of you stayed who haven't seen it, so here you go. Um, Brave souls who don't mind being spoiled. (laughs) Um... It's this show that's very Hunger Games-esque in the sense that you have this group of people that are underprivileged, very underprivileged, um, fighting or rather playing in games where getting eliminated means dying. So red light, green light, you don't just sit out when the person who's the tagger says red light and you move, you get shot. And you die. And then you get nailed into a coffin. And then cremated. (gasps) Why would people play such things? Oh, let me... Yeah, remember I mentioned red light, green light? This is all children's games, okay? So take the games that Korean children, and in some cases, most children around the world, like red light, green light. But in some cases, it's just, you know, South Korean um, children's games, like the game that the show is named after, Squid Game, is from South Korea. It's a, a South Korean kids kids game. Um, these little childhood games that um, you know 
bring up these emotions of just innocence and fun and joy get very distorted in this competition where essentially people who feel like they had nowhere else to turn to for bettering their lives um they are there to play this game to play these games and to have these deadly consequences and out of 456 players one of them gets to survive and essentially be given the money to start a whole new life so um the everyone all of the players the the interesting thing about this show in particular is that it could be said that these players chose to participate in the game i'm gonna get into that with my notes though because that's a situation where that is a perspective that can be held yes they chose it they made a choice they were given a choice to leave the game and a good majority of them chose to come back and play it anyway um knowing the consequences but also knowing that they were not going to get any sort of chance in their everyday life and so did they choose it or is there a system that's in place that kind of put them in an under-advantaged place in the first place and then kind of like perpetuated a lot of the situations that caused these people to make the choices that have led them in essentially financial ruin? Um, of course, this being a South Korean show, um, South Korea, I've learned, is a lot like my home country of Brazil in the sense of when you're in high school, you take an exam to decide what college you're going to. And it's not even like college like here in the U.S. where you get to like F around for a couple years, maybe four years if you, you know, if you... um if you plan on going to graduate school and, and whatever, like you don't get to just like mess around and decide what you want to do while you're there. It's like you got to know what you're going to do. Like my mother, she took a test out of high school to essentially go to a medical graduate school, kind of. Like it, it's pretty much like that. Um, and uh, I'm in Brazil where I'm from. Um, and in South Korea, from the videos, all the videos I've watched, <laughs> I've learned that it's a similar thing where it's like it's very merit-based and so and merit as in like traditional merit like academia so if you are like me and you're incredibly artistic in lots and lots and lots of different ways um you're probably shit out of luck over there because the grand majority of the people are following this this um this trend that they've been following for a long time which is you go to a good school or either you go to school, you do the best you can to take this test, to then go to a really good university, to then be set for the rest of your life in that job, basically. And so um, I don't know if there is much, like, you know, um, as I was thinking of India just now and in the caste system, but um, it's, I don't really think it's more, it's like that, but there, it is, um, oh, you know what? One of the videos I watched was a, um, was an Indian therapist and he was breaking down the psychological, he was like doing just like, uh, quick psych evaluations on the players just for like fun and stuff. And, um, he was talking about how, you know, he can't speak for South Korea, of course, but, um, 
it reminded him of kind of like how in India and in his where his parents are from um, a, a lot of the reasons that people move to the U.S. from there is because they they don't have a lot of opportunities to progress upwards on the success ladder because of things that they really can't control like the caste system or you know such a rigid class system that it doesn't matter if you have this education or that or whatever it's like because your family wasn't born on this tier you just don't get the same opportunities you know it'd be like if harvard only let in people who know people of people who have graduated like granted i'm sure harvard has a pretty difficult admission rate like or a pretty like low admission rate and i'm sure that a lot of people that do get to go there tend to be you know legacies and stuff like that but if you are a hard-working student who's really intelligent you, you do all the things right whatever you have a chance of getting to, into harvard so it'd be like if you didn't even have a chance because you don't know anyone who went there so going back to like there's an element of choice and it makes the show in my opinion more interesting than a lot of the other um things that we can compare to it out there like alice in borderland um i haven't seen battle royale but there is that um hunger games um it gives this illusion of choice and i call it an illusion because in my opinion it really is because essentially they made this choice because the system that they're in kind of took away a lot of choices that they couldn't make. Um, so, yeah. With all that said, let's get into my notes. That's Squid Game. Okay? Um, yes. Squid Game notes. Here we go. Okay. I'm just going to go through this. Um, don't really have, like, a thesis for this as much as... You know what? I do. I do have a thesis for this. And it's... not even a thesis it's just a concept ready is there true choice when you're being backed into a corner and then told to choose is it choice or is it illusion? Or is it a little, a little bit of both? Yeah, I don't know if that's the whole thesis, but let's go. Okay, so interesting. This is what I start with. You know what? This is going to be it. Like, let's talk about choice. We're going to talk about choice because Squid Game really harps on choice. Okay, um, and I'm going to go. You guys, please let me know in the comments. Um, I guess this is going to end up on YouTube because I just said let me know in the comments. Um, I, I just, I really want to know. What do you think? Where, how far does choice go? Because choice seems to be a really big theme in this. But also, the critique on capitalism that this show is also says like, if you're only given a set amount of choices, are you really, like, is it really fully your choice? Or is it your choice 
based on the limited amount of options that you have. Like, I feel like I'm going in circles, but really, like, it hurts my head to think about it a little bit because part of me wants to be like, yes, it is choice. That That's the choice, of course. But then the other part of me is like, well, again, let's go back to the whole, if you want to go to Harvard, but we live in a system, in a society where you can only go to Harvard if you know someone who went to Harvard. Are you really making the choice you want to make? Or are you just telling, like, are you, or are you just really giving yourself the illusion that you're making the best choice for you? Because in your heart's heart, you're going to know that you want to go to Harvard. But if that option is just not available to you because you don't know someone who went there, you're just going to make the next best choice. So you have free will. But do you really have a full range of choices? I'll let you answer that below. Um, Do you, I shouldn't shouldn't say, I shouldn't say a full range. Do you have a fair choice to make? Is it fair? Yeah. The first note I have here, it says gaslighting. By not acknowledging the gravity of the quote, quote, game's consequences on the guards and game runners' parts. Um, and I said it basically adds to the psychology, the psychological fuckery. I use that literal word. Um, I, I put this note here because, like I said, this show harps on choice, right? What happens is in the first episode, which is red light, green light, um, the, essentially, if you, you've seen the show, hopefully, if you haven't, just a little tidbit here, basically, these players get kind of conned into choosing. They each go um, through this interaction with a very good salesman whom, who manipulates them because every single player has the exact same interaction and at the end of it, essentially you know, is given the the money that they promised. They're going to, this the salesperson comes up to them, targets them based on how they look and, and whatever. This game also has a lot of interesting information. Like um, one of the theories around the internet is the, the fact that the government might be in on the squid game, which really interesting. But that would certainly explain how they're able to like keep tabs on people so well and how their background searches are so extensive on the players. Um, but basically, this salesman, very, very attractive. Everyone's saying this really though. It's very attractive. <gasps> the sales guy um, basically asked them if they want to play uh, a game for money. Like, you know, and um, they're made to lose over and over. Their confidence gets built down, uh, gets broken down essentially. And at the end of it, they end up winning and given the money. And the salesman goes, um, if you want to play games like this again and win even more money, uh, like an exorbitant amount of money, give me a call. Gives them a card with the little PlayStation button symbols on them, <laughs> the, the triangle, the circle, the square. Um, that's what I thought of when I first saw it. And you know what? It wouldn't surprise me if PlayStation maybe thought about squid game like not squid game the show but like squid game the children's game like i thought about it like "Mm, maybe playstation used that i don't know yeah (laughs) um and so they're given this card with the logo and they're told to call um and they call and essentially what happens is they give their name their birth date and then 
they are told to meet at a place and then they get taken into a van they get gassed so they don't know where they go they get stripped of all their belongings and clothes put into these like tracksuit glorified prison outfit looking things um because they don't have names anymore they're just numbers and um and they're in the game and next thing you know it's red light green light and instead of getting eliminated like ghosted out of bounds people are dying um and and essentially after they find out how fucked up this all is they they complain about it they're like what is happening blah 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 you know and the guards um the guards and the 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 managerial guards whatever basically say like you know you can this is what you signed up for yada yada and Songwoo, one of our most hated characters very complex character i really appreciate the character development for him um and just the way he tore my heart to shreds in so many ways um <laughs> but he remembers like hey if a, if a majority votes we can end the game they end up ending the game and a lot of them end up coming back they end up choosing to come back um choosing to come back and that is something that gets brought up a lot how they all chose to be there they chose to bear these consequences they all of this you know but at the end of the day it's like the only people really who had choice here spoiler alert were the incredibly rich people and it sounds so bad saying that i'm not gonna say that it's not about being rich as much as it's about being void of humanity honestly because whether you have a shit ton of money or zero, it honestly, sure, people with a lot of money have a lot more resources to then focus on their humanity, but I am not of the belief that having money makes you inhuman or gives you humanity because one thing that Squid Game showed us really well is that whether you are a one percenter or a 99 percenter in this economical game, we all experience the same emotions which means that we all have access to our humanity at all times and i would i would want to argue that the wealthy actually have just a little bit of a leg up in the sense that their survival needs are met it's really really difficult to you know i mean this show showed us what happens to most of us when survival is at stake a lot of the characters we saw just sliced away pieces of their humanity to survive so if you don't have to survive right you have enough money you have enough resources you can make a choice to be a good human to be a better human to keep working towards a better world with better humans. So the only person really that I think here had a choice was Ilnam when he decided to create these horrific games for entertainment under the guise of finally giving the underprivileged a fair opportunity. And in my opinion, nothing where you gamble with your life is fair. Okay, next one. Um, okay. This is a theory of mine. Songi Han, which is our main character, is number 456, the last number. 
because he's meant to be instrumental in hopefully bringing down the squid game now i know that the the creator of the show did not write it with the intention of creating a second season (laughs) hysterical um but but since there will be one now um this is a theory of mine um that he didn't even know he was doing this subconsciously sangi han is our last player because he'll be instrumental in bringing down the squid game okay that is that's a little thing and of course oil nam is number one he started the game An- another thing too is like sangi han like represents like you know the the poorest population whereas like oil nam represents the top one percent so like there is that too but i really do think that um Sangi Han's number 456 the last number is going to be is something that alludes to to him being able to hopefully bring the squid game down I would be so disappointed if he just turned into another front man oh my god don't even get me started um let's see oh 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 Oh, yes. Here. So, some foreshadowing for Oyel Nam's importance was super evident, in my opinion, when that night, when the massacre is happening, when everybody basically realizes that if they just start killing off players, more money will be filtered into the piggy bank. The moment Il Nam says stop, the front man is like, we're waiting for this. Stop it. He didn't do anything before that. So that was just a little something that I was like, huh, I wonder if other people notice this. Also, like, I did notice that the doll wasn't fully scanning him in red light, green light, as well as the people around him. So it's like a radius around him was also kind of safe from the scanning. Really, really, really interesting. Um, I thought it was really interesting, though, that um, Ilnam kind of stayed up all night, though, after the, the massacre. Um, and I thought it was really interesting how shaken he really was. Um, it's, like, interesting because, you know, and I'm going to say this, the the reason Il-Nam is having such a grand old time, sure, he's got a brain tumor, whatever. He always knew he wasn't going to die in these games, though. And that just, like, emphasizes what I was saying before about how it's not fair when you gamble with your life because now you're, you are put in a position where you're essentially, like, you are forced to either survive or keep your humanity in some situations and that's just not fair M- making people make that choice is never fair um and you know Ilnam had such a good time because he always knew he wasn't gonna die you're the creator of this game you're the host you're not gonna die so essentially to him it was for fun and giggles it was a kid's game because he had the security of immunity he was never going to die the other players didn't have that unfair unfair Alrighty, here we go here we go we're almost done so the tug of war ending another another thing pointing to il nam ready the tug of war ending at the end of that game he looked happy he was like smiling he was like ah we did it why in large part because he he knew it was a game to him it was just a game there was never going to be any real consequences for him. Even to the point where, if you look closely, his locks are not present on the tug-of-war rope. So, interesting. Um, let's see. So, I really love how Song Wu's true colors show. Um, because you think he's kind of like a redeemable character at first. And then later on, you start to realize, like, oh, he's not, though. Um, 
And you start to really question like the things that he's done in the sense like, for example, you know, after the marbles game, the whole thing with Ali, I started to think about like, oh, wow, when Ali gave him his when when Sangwoo helped Ali pay for bus fare. And I was like, holy shit, that was some selfish selflessness. That was some, even though Songwoo knows that he's at the exact same financial position as Ali because they were both at the Squid Game together, he still feels a sense of superiority that he can give up the little money he has because Ali needs bus money. And I didn't make this assumption when I first watched that scene, but after seeing the whole show and after seeing everything, I'm like, okay. That wasn't as, like, good-hearted of an act as I thought it was. Um, I thought it was really interesting that Ilnam called out Gihan for cheating in the Gambu um, episode. It made me wonder, actually, if the whole dementia thing was a lie. I, I don't know. I don't know if the dementia thing was a lie. I mean, I do believe that he has a brain tumor, for sure. But I'm thinking maybe the dementia thing was probably just, like, a lie to keep him more anonymous in the squid game. Um, but I thought that that was really kind of, like, shady and interesting. Um, but also, though, if in if if it says anything to Ilnam, though, it's how unfair it is to put people in the position that he's put people in by creating these games. Because one of the most good-hearted people he comes to know painfully tricks his gombu, his best friend. And why does he do it? Because he doesn't want to die. Can you blame him? It's... Um, yeah, the Squid Game harps on fairness when in the end, the fact that this game was created at all, that there was one person that decided to take a bunch of people who were in serious financial trouble, serious life trouble, and put them in an arena and essentially have them play zero-sum games with one another, have them capitalize off of each other's deaths until there's only one left, that's the true unfairness of it all. The fact that this game was created in the first place. So no, the game in and of itself can't be fair. Because when you're trying to give people a chance at life, threatening them with death is probably not going to be the way to help them to help them see the light, to help them make better choices. I mean, the Saw series is a good example of this. I've never actually seen it, but I've been watching some videos on it, and that's what he seems to do, right? He puts people in these, like, situations to help them get enlightened, but the thing is, when you face people with literal terrible trauma and death and things that humans are not meant to endure like that, you know, in that way, um, It doesn't, it's not fair, and it doesn't help. It actually doesn't help. In fact, it's really interesting to me that Song Yihan couldn't even touch his money that he won. His life-changing money for a whole year, to the point where Ilnam had to, you know, call him to his penthouse or whatever on his deathbed to be like, what are you doing? Why haven't you used the money? Because Song Yihan is so traumatized. So traumatized. From the fact that it's essentially, it's blood money. He wouldn't have it if 455 other people hadn't died. 
one of them being his childhood best friend that's fucked up um yep and then lastly my last note is ilnam represents the archetypes of the vips um money made them as empty and miserable as they already were so just sending home my very real belief that just like any tool money is going to exacerbate what you already are Ilnam sounds like he had a family like he had a wife and a son and it sounds like they're not in the picture anymore and someone who turns their back on their family I would say that he was probably already morally bankrupt. Money just sort of exacerbated that. So moral of the story is if the system you're in takes away any of your choices, you are not being you're not able to exercise your full free will. And you are not being presented with the opportunity to create the life that you really want for yourself. And that is not cool. In our system that we live in, it puts a lot of people in that position. And I know we'll find a better way. We just don't know how yet. Second moral of the story Hating money and hating rich people will get us nowhere. You eat the rich, all you did is become a cannibal. (laughs) What will get us somewhere, what will help us, is being aware of the fact that we have access to our humanity whenever, as long as we are here in a human body. And... Though accessing that humanity can be really difficult at times. Doing so is the way to create a better system. If we don't embrace our humanity, what are we doing here? If we're not human and and expressing and living and feeling and loving and and trying to make this world a better place by starting with making us a better person going through our childhood traumas really examining our patterns looking at our blind spots um becoming more self-aware then there's no point in money anyway because then we just have a bunch of oh you'll noms running around and no thank you so those are my thoughts thank you so much for watching um and listening i'm really excited to talk about this thank you so much i even wore like a little themed outfit for you so if you're listening to this on the podcast cool um if you want check out youtube because i have a little very funky shirt with like literally all the colors i've got green for the players and like this dark black blue thing for the front man and some gold for the vips and some pink for the guards and if this is a pink enough for you my earrings are so thank you so much for watching i love you stay mystical stay grounded and i will catch you next time
Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Mystical Mac. For future episodes, click that subscribe button. And to help us spread this podcast far and wide, consider leaving us a review. Also consider checking out the social justice links in the description below and going to mysticalmac.com to read up on my blog and find out about my tarot card readings. Also, follow me on Instagram and on TikTok at Mac Guerrero. Lastly, thank you so much, James, my amazing editor, for putting this podcast together for us. I'll catch you next time. Stay mystical and stay grounded. <laughs>